I want to take a minute to thank you all for your loyalty, right? I really do appreciate the fact that even after so long of us not uploading, finally put a new podcast out and you guys are actually sitting here and listening, which means a lot to me. Uh, actually, a few people messaged me now and say thank you for it. So that's actually quite cool to see. You know, I didn't think this podcast would go very far. I don't think it has gone that far just yet, but it's, it's good to see. You know, it's refreshing. Speaking of refreshing, it would be even more refreshing if you would follow, like, subscribe, or if you're feeling really generous, leave a five-star review right? Or whatever ranking you think this podcast deserves. Because I don't know about you, but I really enjoy this and I really want to bring more valuable guests and more insight. And I obviously want to up the production quality and make everything nicer, you know, and give more experiences and more value. But I can only do that with your support. So I'm not asking you to give me hundreds of thousands. I'm not asking you to give me a cent, actually. All I'm asking is for you to take two to five seconds. Obviously, your time is actually more valuable, in my opinion. Two to five seconds just to leave a review. Right? It would mean, mean the world to me. Or subscribe or comment. Do something nice. Because again, the more engagement, the more support, the further this podcast goes, which means the better the guests that come on. So yes, and if you have any suggestions for any guests that you want on the podcast, comment and we'll reach out to them, guaranteed. And then we might not get them, we might get them, but we'll definitely reach out and we'll try our hardest. Okay, so in this episode, Andrew Trong from One Out Training, wonderful person. I really enjoyed our interview. He killed me in a workout beforehand and we finished our workout afterwards as well. And um, this podcast has been in the works for a while now. So we've managed to mitigate most of the audio issues. But yes, this is a very valuable podcast and I truly believe you will enjoy this one. So without further ado, my name is Tom Barclay. And you're listening to the Flypath Podcast. Buckle up. Andrew Trong, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Trong, welcome to the Fly Path, my friend. I would shake your hand. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for having me. I've so, been yeah. training as a left-hander. <laughs> so how long have been doing this for? Uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai, we'll start with that. Doing what, the training or the, uh, the Muay Thai? Start with that training. How long have you been training for like this? Uh, seven years consecutively. Oh yeah. It shows, man. So, I'd say, the fighting training's probably been only a couple of years, mm-hmm. but the the training overall seven years consecutively. Just in Muay Thai. Go go yeah go go feet wider. Feet wider. Yeah so so put your let the band come around the outside of your feet. Sure. Yeah, step into it. Good. That's it. Huh? That's it. Yeah, squat. Yep. yep. Good. And then when you grab it, uh-huh. it's like you're thrusting into the. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Drive, drive your hips into it. Drive your hips into it. It's like you find that fucking G spot. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like literally. That's how you straighten your legs. Yeah, it's all hip drive. Motion of the ocean. Yeah, that's a bit better. Push your hips through more. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's better. Just ten, bro. Oh yeah. So I want to know your story, man. I know you've been through a lot, more yeah. than most. Yeah. Based on our conversation we were having before, you know a lot as well, you got a lot of wisdom. So, how about we start with your age? Yeah. And then we'll start from the juicy stuff. We'll start from prison. Okay. Uh, I am 32 this year. Uh-huh. Um, well, what else? Well, what are the other questions again? 32. Yeah, 32. What, what got you on the path? Because I, I just want to get a quick summary of... Let's start, let's start from... Yo, I'll start you know, from the beginning. I'll start from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll start from the beginning. Yeah, easy. So, I'm 32 now. Um, I, I, I came up through a normal household, I'd say, like, you know, like, mum and dad was around, um, but growing up in today's age, 
my both my parents were at work, so mm-hmm. both struggling. They were both there at home after work, so but they worked like long hours. Like they'll be gone like 10, 10 to twelve hours a day. You know, by the time I wake up every day, they'd be already gone at work. Uh, I'd come home from school and no one's home. It would be like one of those ones. Mm-hmm. And I was alone most of the time because um, I'm an only child. Right. So I spent a lot of time playing games. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time playing computer games and just trying to entertain myself. And then throughout high school, I kind of guess I was looking for a sense of belonging. So I was always with my friends and I was always out. Um, it's all good. We've got microphones anyway. Yeah. So. so anyways, um, spent a lot of time with my friends throughout high school when I kind of like had a sense of belonging. And kind of, and I guess after high school, because I had those friendships, I kind of fell into the social scene a lot more and I became more sociable. And I was always, I just always wanted to be around people because at home I was always alone. Mm. And I guess that led me down to the path of selling drugs. Right. Yeah, so like, you know, when you're more in more social scenes and then, you know, at the time, you know, you need money to live. Yeah, and especially like, you know, when you're at uni to go to these parties, to yeah, go to the clubbing. It's expensive, it's expensive yeah. bro, to buy drinks, you know. And I guess that led me to selling drugs because I saw an opportunity in the market at the rave scenes. Like, you know, who was everyone buying off or fucking I could be that guy to supply it to, to mm. everyone. So I guess that's what led me to that path and you know, quick fix of money. And then I got arrested for a firearm, but like they searched my house for drugs, but they found a firearm. Mm-hmm. And then I got bail for that under this loophole. So I got out and I didn't, didn't like do that long. It was like a week in jail. I'd done nothing, you know? I didn't learn my lesson. And then when I got out, I got reintroduced to someone else to sell heroin. And I thought, okay, cool. And then that's where the money was at, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I thought that that was going to be my, my future, you know, that's it, this is, this, is, this is my life now, you know. I make fast money and don't even worry about tomorrow, just make all the money and enjoy it while I can. Mm. Anyways, then I got arrested and then when I got arrested that time, like, it was a big shock to me because I knew that I wasn't going to get out like last time. Like last time I knew I was getting out, you know, my first time in jail. Um, I was young, like, like you I, I, wasn't, I knew I wasn't gonna spend that much time in jail. Yeah, right. And I knew when they, like, when they searched my house, because I, I, like, it was a loophole where it wasn't in my, like, they didn't find it in my room, they found it in my parents' room because yeah. they, my parents confiscated it off me. So technically it wasn't even in my possession, my parents took it off me mm. to, like, as disciplinary action, you know? Mm. Um, so I knew I was getting away with that. Anyways, this time around, I, I was like red-handed. I got caught red-handed and I knew that I, I'm not getting out of this 100%. So I was kind of like, it was a rude, rude shock and a rude awakening. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to spend the next, I don't know how many years in jail. I didn't know at the time yet. Yeah. Damn. And then, kind of like halfway through my sentence, I woke up to myself realizing that, fuck, you know, like I have to change my life. Like I have to do something to change my life. And I, I guess I found that through fitness. Yeah. Right, man. Yeah. Well, quick question about that. Um, it's a bit of a tough one to answer. That's all right, but shoot yeah. away, bro. Well, here we go. So I want to know if you, if you could go back and you know skip the first part where you spent that week in jail. Yeah. And skip the part where you actually went to jail, and you could just have a normal, normal ass life. You know, you didn't ha- you didn't get into drugs or anything. You just kept moving forward. Would you, or would you keep the lessons you had today? 
from, from what you went through? It's a tough one, but... Cause if it I, is, it is a tough one. one, it is a tough one. You know, it, would, it wouldn't have made me the man I am today. But, so, there's two variations to your question that I would like to ask, okay? There's one where if I could go back, knowing what I know now, would I skip it? Or if I go back not knowing where, where I am, would I want to find out where I end up? Mm. If I took the other path? So if I could go back knowing where, what I know now, I would, I would go back. Would but go back. yeah, I would go back and I'd change things. Mm. But if I could go back without knowing what I know now, yeah, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah. I, I, there's I, a certain yeah. amount of bliss to that, isn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I've learned. I, would have, I wouldn't have found my love for fitness. Mm. And I wouldn't be able to change people's lives through what I've learned. Yeah, and uh, it's that actually made you a better man. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, 100%, because a lot of people, especially a lot of new people to the podcast, would look at this and be like, oh, you sell drugs, you know? Immediate red flag, immediate, you know, bad, bad guy, that's it, right? But ironically, doing that, doing the time, learning the lessons you've learned and getting into fitness made you a much better person to spread love and positivity and good morals. And already today, this is one of the most fun workout sessions I've had in a long time. So yeah, um, that's, it's gotta be comforting in some way. Yeah, and you know, like, a lot of these lessons, like, I. I as I'm, as I'm growing older, I'm starting to realize, man, a lot of the lessons that have to be learned the hard way, because mm. you don't, we just don't, life's too easy. You just mm. don't learn the easy way anymore. You can't just learn when someone tells you Absolutely. one plus one is two. You have to go, ah, one plus one, it's three. No, wait, it's two, fuck. Yeah, fuck. It's all about experience. Yeah, it's yeah. all about experiences that really teach you these lessons. And I was, yeah. I'm thinking, fuck, I wouldn't have learned the oh, easy, yeah. That. Was jail, was jail the most, vivid experience you've had to turn you into the man you are today or were there more intense experiences? I would say jail was my most um, toughest experience and I'd say like that's kind of like all my trauma into one mm. because you know now in this day and age like there's a label for depression absolutely but when I was in jail there was no label for depression like I, I didn't I never heard like I remember when I was growing up, one of my friends suffered from depression and they had to take pills. But to me, even then, I was like, fuck is depression? I don't even mm. know what the fuck, like, I didn't know it was a disease. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know it was a disease. Yeah, yeah. If halfway through my jail sentence, that I actually uh, knew that depression was a disease and I, I knew at the beginning what I was feeling, I would have went to the clinic and I would have went, oh, nurse, give me some pills. Mm. I'm feeling depressed. Um, it doesn't fix it though. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I would have, I would have assumed that I would have went down that path. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would have went down that path. So once again, would you? Would you really? Would you want to now? No. If if I was more down the like, what's it called? Um. Because I, I was led to believe like you know depression was a real thing for for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. You know. But now that I look back at my life, I go fuck, man. I was really depressed at one stage, but I didn't let the idea of depression consume me. Mm. Like if I, if I thought back, yeah? If I thought back to that moment when I got arrested and my first six months in jail, Tough. that was probably my lowest ever in my life because I thought, fuck, everything got taken away from me. Um, you know, I'm at least three, four hours away from my parents, my family. I'm in a world where I'm always on edge. I don't know what's gonna happen. And I barely have any friends. Like the people that I knew my whole life my whole environment changed and you know, it, it, it's a bit of a shock you know mm. and 
at that time, I didn't know too many boys that were in jail too. So like a lot of the times these days when boys go to jail, they already have boys that are inside jail that they kind of already know in the same social social scene or whatever, yeah. you know? So they're kind of like already safe when inside. Like I knew no one that, like no one in my circle, no one in my friends were in jail. So it was kind of new to me. Hmm. And I, I, I'll be honest, I was scared. I was scared in the first six months, but I was also quite depressed because everything got taken away. Um, now that I look back and I think, fuck, that was my lowest point in time and I, I survived it because I didn't assume, I didn't think about depression. I didn't think like it was a disease, you know? That's why I survived it. That's why I got through it. Yeah, that's why I got through it because I didn't think it was a disease. If you did, you would have focused on it. Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. Amazing, there's an amazing principle by, um, that, in and, that book I told you about, The Deep Work Thing yeah. by Cal Newport. He talks about um, framing or something like that where this, this woman, I, I, I can't remember her name unfortunately, yeah. but she had cancer. Right, and she um, didn't focus on it. She focused on that martini that she was going to have at 6 p.m. every day. Yeah. Right. And it's like you, different focuses. If you focus on the depression, you would have never sorted it out. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't focus it because I didn't. You know, it makes you stronger. Yeah. As well. yeah. But now that I look back at my life, I go, that's actually my lowest point in my life that I was actually upset. But I didn't focus on the idea of depression, and mm-hmm. that's how I got through it because I didn't focus on that moment. But. Okay, cool. So where were we? So we talking about we already spoken about prison, right? Well, we'll go past that. Yeah. Um, we understand that you've had a you know, very difficult life, but you're in a, you're in a better place now, and now you can do inspire the youth like me and other people who've trained. And yeah. yeah, so I want to know. So what's on the cards? Is this is this a permanent thing? This coaching, or do you have plans for the future? So who knows? Um, I would say, as a coach right now, it is a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. Because I also work as a, I'd say part-time. Yeah, it's kind of my full-time job too. Oh, no, it's more my part-time job. Right. Um, where I work with the youth. So I work for Concrete Pathways, which is a non-for-profit organization. No, it's a non-for-profit organization. Okay. So it's a charity. Okay. Um, we run mentoring programs for the youth inside the juvenile systems. And um, basically it's like, Training, talk to them about life. Training, talk to them about life. And our main link is because we've done time too, we understand what they're going through. We understand that if they don't make a change now, they might come back to jail and we're trying to just deter them away from going to jail. Because a lot of them think it's cool to go to jail when they're in juvie. And that's fine, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with like, I'd say going down that path, but you don't want to end up at 30 and realizing, fuck, where did my life go? when you know you don't you don't want to have that that realization where you wasted so much of your life and going in and out when you could have been something more and special you know because as men but we don't really mature until we're 30. yeah we don't really mature until we're 30. we don't start asking all these questions until we're 30. and i i wish i wish i had someone there to teach me when i was younger or guide me when i was younger because then i wouldn't have probably ended up there you know i, I had no real male mentor to guide me through my 20s and when I look back I wish I had someone like myself because now like I mean I'm at a stage in my life where I'm looking at people when I'm following down certain paths that I want to go down you know because social media has made it so easy to find mentors or find people to to that you resonate with and you want to chase you want to go down the path that they're already further down and I wish I had someone like myself to guide me when I was younger so that's that's my I say my part-time thing that I do. And when I do that, it really helps with my coaching too because you know, you gotta really guide these kids and teach them about mindset and 
teach them what it's impo- what's important about life. And then that translates over into my coaching business too, because as a coach, you know, I'm helping struggling people every day who want to get into fitness, who don't know what to do, who don't know that the mind needs to change before the body changes. You know, these, these lifestyle habits need to be implemented before they start changing their life. So, you know, they work hand in hand. So that's what I'm trying to put together and really like build up my coaching business. Far out, man. Far out. Who's guiding you? Sorry? Who's guiding you? Oh, Tate. Tate. Yeah. Tate. I think, Tate I think, Tate, I think a lot of us are feeling yeah. the same way. Yeah. Why is that? I feel like... Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to the first time that I found a couple of his videos, yeah? So obviously we all found him on TikTok. Yeah, yeah we obviously. Yeah. Uh, but when I found him, I initially at the time I was vegan, so I didn't I didn't like his video because well, who the fuck is this cunt talking to me about fucking being a vegan? You know, <laughs> fuck this cunt, fuck this bold motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so after a couple of videos, he started speaking some truth in other areas of life and like relationship dynamics between men and women and being a man and like training and all of that. And I thought, oh, so he does have like a, some valid points, but I don't agree with the fucking vegan thing. I really didn't agree with it. So because he had this lifestyle that he was also showing, I decided to do my research and I'm not the type of person to fucking watch a video, dislike someone and then disprove them. I like to do my research on why I dislike someone. Yeah. Because I, this is a lesson that I learned in jail and I carry this on with my life now. So when I was in jail, um, there's a lot of disagreements that happen in jail. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, and it's, it's normal because everyone has a different belief because they walk a different path to get to that belief. And I realized that they go, fuck, why like I had different sellers who thought differently, who just had different opinions about certain topics. And I, instead of like me arguing with my cellie and having like getting angry about it, I always sat, like took a step back and I thought, why do I certainly believe that the relationship dynamic between that guy on TV and that girl should be like this? You know, I, I always ask myself why. Instead of having an argument, I ask myself why. I go, how did he come to this belief? What happened in his life for him to come to this belief? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I always question why people had a certain belief. Anyways, and then when I started seeing Tate's videos, I was like, why does this guy have this belief? So I started doing research into him. I'm like, fuck. This guy's lived a fucking extraordinary life and I, I really fucked with it. Mm. And then so I started listening and doing more and more research. And then that's why when I see people who hate Tate, I go, bro, you're fucking living a smoother life, bro. You don't even know how to do research on why you dislike someone. Mm. You don't even know how to research, you know. If something triggers you, you need to understand why. Mm. Yeah, so I'm that type of person. If something triggers me, I need to understand why I feel this trigger. Mm. So, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. Anyways, so going back to your question, um, what was the question? Why did I feel... No, who's, who's guiding you? Oh, yeah, take, take. So, yeah. So, and then because I started understanding and realizing that this guy has a lot of the beliefs that I also carry too, but he's lived a, kind of like a similar lifestyle, not a similar lifestyle, like um, I'd say the fitness, the fitness aspect of it, I really, I really agreed with like, training really hard. And... Even the relationship dynamic, I, I was agreeing with too, between men and women. And I thought, how does this guy do these things so well? And then he started, he started talking one about, in one of his videos about how he communicates his ideas really well. And I thought, fuck, that's something I need to improve on too. 
and he has all the things that I've always wanted in my life. And I thought, oh, you know what? This is the guy that I need to be listening to because he's a lot further down the path that I have, like the goals that I've set for myself, where I want to be, he's, he's gone there. He's gone there and he's down, he's further along. I need to follow this guy. So that's why I, I agree with a lot of his messaging. And yeah. That's wonderful, man. Yeah, it's always great because a lot of people automatically think, oh, you're a tape follower, you know, you're this, you're that. Yeah. It's all money. But really, I, you've learned... Self-development. Not just that. Like, you've also admitted to the fact that you, you, have a, you have a way to go. A lot of men, at least, again, I'm young, so I wouldn't know, but a lot of men, is, I would assume, like to pretend there's someone that they're not. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pret pretend there's yeah. someone that they're not, sorry. And um, it's good that you're admitting to that. Like, we've all got room to grow. You know, you never, yeah. you never fully finished developing. So I still need to master the, the finance game. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, like, you know, like, yeah. I, I'd say I'm not as far as, you know, where he is at the age of 27, 28, you know, when he made his first million. I'm, I'm so far off. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but I have my life experience and I'm trying to learn the finance game. I, I'm, I'm thankful that my fitness game is, is really good. So it's one less thing that I kind of, can I need to worry about? I just need to work, focus on making money. Yeah. You know, and it's like what they say all the time. You know, you can't just be exceptionally good at one field because for a long time I was just going through my life. When I first got out of jail, I thought, ah, oh, I'm sweet. I'll just be fit forever. I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm fit. You know, but it's like I think Tristan or or Justin Wallace says, you know, you have to be like seventy percent all across the board. Yeah. You can't just be hundred percent in one and zero in another. You have to be seventy percent all across the board. Yeah. And it made me realize, fuck man, I need to get my finances in order. I need to get my relationships in order. I need to be like a better person as an individual. I need to do everything. Well, there's one thing that um that reminds me of that when you said the seventy percent across the board, yeah. it reminded me of um I saw it in Caleb Peronis' video uh, with uh, uh who is he? Luke Armour, right? Yeah. And Luke said you need to upgrade your character. Yeah. Right. And it's all stats and this. I actually think Tate said it, and then Luke said it, and then Caleb uh, saw it in his video. But yeah, like. Yeah, that, I mean, play relation to that. So how far across the board, like on the progress meter, are yeah. you to optimal Andrew? Uh, okay, cool. So my, f I'm going to say... It's kind of funny that yours is Andrew Trong and he's yeah. Andrew Tate. That's kind of funny. Yeah. You know what? When I first saw him, the link was, I was like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. You know what? When I first seen him, like when he first blew up, yeah, yeah. It, uh, before him, yeah, huh. I was never really proud that my name was Andrew because yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a common name. Uh, it's just a common name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. a common name. Like yeah. there was no one in history that became exceptional. Like you know, like if you name your son Genghis Khan, it's like fuck. You got the name of a warrior. Yeah. Or like you know, like people name their like um, kids after William, like William the Conqueror. Or, yeah. Like you know, what I mean, like yeah, these William famous, yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, or Alexander the Great. You know, you have this yeah. amazing name from a previous historical yeah. hero. Yeah. And there was nothing great about the name Andrew. And then this guy came along, and I was like. Representing Andrew's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. but yeah. Um, so he's your. Would you say he's your? So he's your main role model. He's would my he, main role. Is he the one role model you have? Can you think of two more? Look, I'd say his his team or his brother. Um, yeah, yeah. But if I had to say like a different role model for a different path, mm -hmm. 
question. It's a tough one because like all the guys that he fucks with, I, I, I listen and I watch all their content because I know they, they had like similar values so as him. Justin, Shooter. Yeah. Sh- Sh- what's his name? Satorial Shooter. Satorial Yeah. Luke, Tristan, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, because you know what? They have everything all across the board that I want, you know? Their health is in check, their fitness is in check, their fighting capability is really good, their ability to make money, how well they handle their relationships and with their women. Um, even even the fact that they can handle guns really well. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, that, 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 I'm like, fuck, I want to do, do that too, you know? So, like, they have, like, everything all across. It doesn't make you violent. No. It makes you prepared, you know? Yeah, it just makes you prepared for yeah. life, you know? Yeah. Even then, I just want to be able to handle a gun. Like, I just want to yeah, know how so, to handle it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess because they have all of that, I do want to follow them down that path. Because, like, I, there was, there's all these other, I'd say, like, heroes in the fitness industry or whatever, you know? But, like, let's say I used to follow... Oh, man, what's his name, man? His name's JTX or something. He's a fitness guy. Mm. I used to follow him, you know? And I used to really, like, admire his, like, his body and his functionality and all of that. But now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, fuck, he, I don't know. He doesn't look like he knows how to fight, you know? Yeah. So it, it, like, I lose, I lose, I lose um, interest. I lose interest in certain people who don't have it all across the board now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, yeah, yeah, so like, anyone that I did follow before, I kind of like lost interest in them when I looked at other parts of their life that they weren't excelling in. Mm. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. So, okay, so uh, we'll 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 hit a quick speed round really quick. Sorry, I just we just finished a workout, yeah. so my brain is just a little not not all there. Um, but we'll quick, hit a quick speed round. So, what are the three? principles that your mentors need to have to occupy your mind so when you when you look for a new mentor what do you look for do you look for those three things you were talking about before which is the financial stability the life stability and the relationship stabilities yes yeah yeah those those three yeah so you know the first one is financial Mm -hmm. so they've got to have their shit together two is their fitness capability you know not only do are they strong and looking healthy abs or whatever they need to be able to fight i think that fitness is a big umbrella that has has, you have to be exceptional or not exceptional but like decent all all the fields Mm. and the third one i would say yeah relationships how well they can handle their relationships with women but not even just women and handling relationships their communication ability yes i think like i think that's an underestimated skill and i didn't realize that until i started studying tape more and I realized, man, the ability to communicate ideas is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think like, if you have all those three across the board, then I'm, I'm willing to listen. So that's your advice to uh, someone looking for a mentor, 18, 19? Yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's my advice, you know? You want a, you want a bit of everything. Because there's so much fakery, like online. I, I, I can think of a few names. I'm not going to say them here, but there's so many fake people online and so many people that look up to it. And like even me, like when I was, when I was on my phone, when I, again, 21 is a very influential age. Yeah, like age it is. To get influenced. And so there's a lot of people I used to follow, a lot before, before tape, before I really yeah. kind of figured out who to follow. And yeah, you would look at their feed and they've got like, you know, supercars and G-Wagons and yeah. you're like, oh, they've got their shit together. And then you look into it, you're like, no, no, yeah. not at all. So yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, well, bro, when I was 21, yeah, yeah, I was following like drug dealers and um, you know, that that's that's what my feed was like, you know, like I knew drug dealers that were making a lot of money. like. I want that life. Mm. I want, although I want the money to spend. Isn't it you know? crazy uh, if you could look back and see that version of yourself and this version of yourself? Yeah. Your physical change. Like I saw briefly a photo on your Instagram where you went from like. Yeah, I was pretty. Oh, yeah, I was about fifteen, 15 kilos. Yeah. Have you? It's crazy. Yeah. Like um yeah when I when I went to shake your hand you always knocked me over. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, but um <laughs> no nah, like 
That's incredible. I'm I'm at a loss for words for what to ask you. Like, you know, you've you've already we've already spoken about fitness and your con if you want to watch this content as well and yeah one one an hour one out, training one hour training yeah one hour training I'll I'll tell you in the comments as well. Um, yeah, your your content is wonderful for that kind of training purpose. But um, yeah, uh, let's let's go with advice. So if you had let's uh, three pieces of advice for a young person, eighteen or nineteen. You know, just got out of school, just trying to figure out what to do, about to go on the path. Yeah. Just think of the people that you train at Confit. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What would be your advice on those people? So I'll give three bits of advice. First that, um, the first one that I I, I kind of repeat into their heads, and I kind of repeat this into like even fam family members that like when I offer members of my family advice mm -hmm. on um, situations that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to see five moves into the future. So five steps ahead. I like that. You need to be able to see it. Because if you don't see that five step, like where you're going to be in five steps, how can you handle the situation? Like That's really good. Yeah, how can you handle the situation yeah. if you don't see five steps in? I'll give you an example, yeah? Uh, I'm sorry that I'm going to have to ex talk about this one. No, it's good. Okay? Do you I'm want gonna... to move around and do it? No, no, no. I'm going to have to talk about this one. Sure. Okay? This is content. I love this. So, mm, a certain someone I know, yeah? Her sister, her sister's going through some abusive relationship, okay? The man's a bit of a loser, okay? Yeah. Smokes weed, fucking does nothing with his life, gambles his money away. He's, he's a drop kick. Anyways, they've got a kid together, okay? This girl and this guy, they, they have a kid together, okay? Anyways, she put an AVO on him. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not for fucking calling the cops, okay? I'm not for calling the cops, but if you don't, know, if you don't have people in your life, to help you handle that situation, yeah. So you're gonna to have to call the cops. I understand, whatever. But I'm, I'm not for someone. I'm not for someone who like calls the cops. But yeah. I understand she's a girl. She needs help. Whatever. Anyways, and I was offering her advice. Okay, you need to see five steps in the future. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Fucking, what, you're gonna let him continuously abuse you because he still continuously abuses her. Okay, he still continue. Like what? You're gonna just let that happen? And I was like, look, if you go call the cops, okay. And I'm not promoting this. But okay, if you call the cops, yeah. What's going to happen? He's going to leave you alone. Cool. And then he might go to jail. Cool. He might be a better person after that. Look at me. I'm a fantastic person after going to jail. And then, but I gave her a second option. My second option was, give me his number. Let me handle it. Okay? Let me speak to him. Okay? Because I, I feel like I have a good way. I'm getting better as, 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 I, as I grow older. My way of handling a situation, and um, I don't take the violent route. Yeah, good. I, I never, I never take the violent route. But that's why I train so hard. You know, I train so hard. So if the violent route had to happen, I'm ready. Jordan Peterson said that. Yeah. You need to be a monster, but also capable. You need to be capable yeah. of violence. But okay. but I always take the non-violent route. Yeah. Okay. But the only way he would listen to me is if he knew that I was capable of violence. But I was just using words the whole way through, and I, I was like, look, you have to see five moves into the future. You know. You, you're not gonna if you if you can see that I can handle the situation, then just let me handle it and everyone's gonna win. You know, but they can't see this girl can't see five moves into the future. It stresses me out. Well it's a learned skill, man. Like it only comes from experience and you're lucky enough to have that experience. Yeah, and you know what I, I say that to the kids too. I go, you gotta see five moves into the future, you know? And that five moves might be five years. Mm. Okay, cool, five years. What do I want? I want a six pack. Cool. I can start training and start look calorie deficit right now. Don't, don't start tomorrow, right now. You know, you, okay, how do I get the calorie deficit and uh, we've got to buy the right foods? Okay, you've got to get a healthy eating habit routine. You stop eating out on Saturdays. You know, that goal needs to be broken down into the five moves that you're going to get there. So you need to like set up 
those five moves to get to your end goal. So that's that's my first bit of bit of advice. Wonderful advice. Um, looking five moves into the future. The second one would be being taking the blame for everything. So assuming one thousand percent absolute accountability and responsibility. So it's like Luke Belmore says, your life is your fault. Okay, so when you, when you understand that quote, that your life is your fault, and everything that you have done has gotten you from where you were five years ago to where you are today, everything that you've done has gotten you here. So you need to understand the amount of times that I've woke up late, um, the amount of times that I've gone to the gym, the amount of times that I sat in traffic, the amount of times that I should have left early when I didn't, the amount, of, the amount of things that I've eaten, the amount of times that I sat in front of the TV on a Saturday night and I just watched, the amount of times I played games, everything is a combination and it has gotten me here today. So the moment you understand that, the moment you can start assuming responsibility and start doing the right actions to get you, from my first one, five moves ahead, um, to get you where you want to be. Great advice, man. So the five moves thing is really important. Yeah, so five moves, so not knowing the vision and seeing where you want to end up and then when you accept full 100% accountability for every single one of your actions, then, then you can start taking the right actions to get you to where you want to be in five moves. So what's your vision? My, my version right now? Mm. Um, growing my online coaching business. So right now, producing content growing and getting my clients' results so I can reach a wider audience and improving my communication capabilities. So I have a lot of ideas in my head, but I'm never really that good at getting it out verbally. You know, I'm, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel too and growing my YouTube channel. I don't want to be chopping up videos all the time. I want to just do it in one take. So I'm really working on the way I speak, um, the amount of times that I say, um, like I'm, that, that's yeah, that's that's my yeah, yeah that's my short term game plan right now yeah. you know and you know, also I, like, okay, man, I can barely I'm like fully asleep already he <laughs> just put me through hell this guy he's not even sweating <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> and we didn't even do the burpees we didn't even do the burpees yet oh, uh, but that that's I'm kidding I'm kidding that's alright but that's alright no we'll do it but um that's my short term game improving my my communication skills yeah and growing my business yeah yeah and then, fuck, probably make lots of money. Yeah, yeah, make lots of money. That's what's that's. The money for? Is it an enabler, or you just want to get, have some fun? Like, what's what's the policy? You know, I actually haven't left the country since I got out of jail. Get out, man. So I've been out of jail for I got out in twenty eighteen. It's twenty twenty three now, so it's been four to five years. I have not left the state either. Yeah, I haven't left the state. You know, um, you have a long ass holiday. I know. I will. I will. So like. Like, I want to make a lot of money and I want to see the world. I want to see the world and just enjoy my time. Where are you going to start? Probably Asia. Yeah. I return to the motherland. Where is the motherland? Never asked. Uh, Vietnam. Vietnam? Yeah, oh, Vietnam's the motherland. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to return to the motherland and I'm just going to do a trip all throughout Southeast Asia, then up to the northern parts of Asia. I'd love to go to Russia, go through Europe, yeah. um, make my way down to Africa, and then probably go, go through South America. Uh, I want to see the wonders of the world too. I want to see all the pyramids. I want yeah. to, there's a whole world to see out there. Yeah, and amazing. you know, and I, I don't want to do it in a cheap way too. Yeah. I want to be I real, yeah, I want to be comfortable. I want to be in a nice hotel. I want to have, I want to be, not be rushing from airport to airport. I just want to be cruising. And then as I'm like going from the hotel to the airport, I want to be able to look out the window and just like, 
take it all in, Not you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be worried about anything. Yeah. I don't want to be worried. I just want to be on holiday. And Man, if anyone can do it, it's you. Like, seriously. And the reason I say that, and it's not just specifically to you, Andrew, it's to yeah. anyone who works as hard as you. Yeah. Right? Because again, you're up in the morning, you go to bed at the same time, you know, you, you, you stick to your tenants, as you said before. One of them was time waits for no man. Which yeah. is brilliant. And, um, you know, if you, again, if you have the, that set policy that you stick by with, with extreme discipline, anyone could do what you've done. Anyone, anyone can get to that point, you know? And we just need role models like you. That's it. Because again, our audience is a majority is younger people. Yeah. It's around 16 to 30. 30 like yeah, people, people have like more time on their hands to, yeah. you know, just wander and ask questions of where they're going in their lives. Yeah. So that, that, that's mostly where my message is uh, being aimed at. Yeah. So uh, I want to go quickly back and we'll, we'll wrap up pretty soon. Yep. But I want to go back to the prison story because there's a question that just popped into my mind. When you first got in, yep. even the first month, I'd imagine, where you're climatizing to it. Yeah. You've already talked about the depression you got. How do you deal with the like anxiety of it? You know, like always looking over your shoulder. Have you always had to look over your shoulder? Yeah, I was. No, no. Yeah. You know what? So I've always had the anxiety. So when I was outside selling drugs, I've always had the anxiety of like looking over my shoulder, worried about cops and shit. Um, so that, that's always been there. And I'd say like how I handled it was, well, it's always going to be there. It's, it comes with the job. It comes with the job. So you, you got to get used to it. You know, one way or another, you're always going to be looking over your shoulder. And when I was inside, you know, I just expected, well, fuck, if this is my life for the next four years, the anxiety is not going to go away. It's just how well you handle it, you know? And I always looked over my shoulder because when shit pops off in the yard, it, it'll go like that, you know, it would, everything will happen in an instant and you won't even know, like, it, boom. So you just got to always be somewhat ready and just know that it's there. It's, it's more so you can't avoid the anxiety. You can't avoid it. You just have to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. And for the first two years, I wasn't, I wasn't really ready for it because I was, I thought that if I just minding my own business in the yard, walking up and down, reading a book here and there, and just minding my own business, I'd be fine. You know, not getting in anyone's way, don't get involved in the drugs, don't get involved in gambling, don't get involved in nothing, I would be able to steer clear. Yeah, that, that's what I thought, that's what I thought. But, um, you know, when you're like of some ethnicity inside jail, if your boys get involved, you're involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're dragged into it. Yeah. Okay, you're dragged into it. Pretty much, I, I know jail's a little bit different now with the, the postcodes, but back when I was doing jail, like, like you know, if you're an Islander, you know, and one of the Islander boys got involved in some drama, automatically you were involved. You know, same thing if you were Kuri, you were Lebo, um, you were Asian. Like, if you, one of your boys got involved, your whole race, your whole, all your boys were involved, no matter what. And... There's uh, a certain level of respect that, like, that you have to give for that. You know, how rare is that when, for example, I see a lot of, especially in, like, um, uh, in the North Shore areas and stuff, a lot of schools, when there was a school fight, even your best mates would be on the sidelines, like, you know, like, just kind of, yeah, man, you got this. You know, yeah. no one ever got in. And then I meet people who are fighters, people who have gone to jail, and then if one of their friends gets in a fight, they all get in a fight. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, I, I kind of respect that. I, I, again, I don't condone violence. Yeah. I'm, I agree in always being ready for it. But... I do condone extreme brotherhood. Maybe not race brotherhood in that regard, yeah. but just brotherhood in general. And it feels like a rare skill. Um, I don't know where that came from, eh? But like, I, I guess, I guess it's like survival in there. And if you don't, if you don't back up your people, and I guess, I guess that came from um, like letting other people know that you, you, 
your people can't be picked on. Mm. I guess that's what it came from. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's 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 end this on the final question. Yeah. This is a fun one. Yeah. Right. So I want to know the what are some of the unspoken rules of prison? Of prison? Yeah, unspoken. The ones that people don't know about. You know, like who do you not cross? Like, did you learn these rules the hard way? Stuff like that. Let's see what let's see what come up. Unspoken rules. There's got to be a few. It'll come to mind, I'm sure. Um. So usually, I wouldn't say it's unspoken because it's pretty fucking spoken. Okay, spoken rules. It's pretty. It's pretty out there. Yeah. So like, the sweeper job would be like usually like back when I was doing time, the sweeper job would be like a very privileged job. Sweep, like yeah, a- yeah. So yeah, yeah. So like, it's called a sweeper job, but like this person just literally cleans the wing. Right. Okay. But they have privileges where they get to stay inside when everyone gets kicked down to the yard because they have to clean. Okay. Okay. And usually the people that get these jobs are like the. Sometimes like the, the like the tough boys, you know, the, the the bigger boys. And to make their job easier, you'd you'd automatically assume that everyone in the wing is gonna clean up after themselves. Yeah. So say so he didn't have to do it. Right. Yeah. And you know, like if you left something out, he'd fucking scream in the whole wing and he'd let it be known that who the fuck left this out, who the fuck who the fuck didn't clean up after themselves after they used the microwave. And then you'd be like, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, sorry. And then you, you know, you you'd have to like go say apologize to the bloke or some shit. Mm. When you go apologize to him, knowing that he might he might crack you one. Um, I guess that's like a little bit of like a spoken unspoken rule. Like yeah. you, you just know to clean up after yourselves when you when you're using the kitchen. Mm. Um, what else is there? I think special kitchens. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. petty thieving was another unspoken rule. So like going into someone's cell and, and taking things, people do it, right? People do it. Yeah, okay. So like, so like, yeah. yeah. So petty thieving was an actual thing. Uh, that's an unspoken rule. Like you don't petty thief from anyone. Cause it's like, it's petty, you know, you're just stealing like, like fucking yeah. a cookie or fucking whatever. It's, it's so, yeah. 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 It's ask for it, you know, it's yeah. petty. Um, what else was there? That's all I can remember for now, bro. I mean, yeah. I don't remember. Like, yeah. People think like, like I just just from movies and stuff, and that's what's coming to mind. Where yeah. I think prison's some sort of rough and tough place, and of course it is, but mm-hmm. not animals. Like, there's still men. There's still people. Yeah, we're still so, men with morals, yeah, exactly. you know. We're still yeah. men with morals, especially yeah. in the main population. There's still like yeah. a lot of good men there who, who um. As long as you're not a bitch, then like yeah, fine. Like I would imagine, yeah, not fine, obviously. Yeah, well, like wait. Right. Most of the time, yeah, and I, I learned this from Tate recently, you know, respect is linked to fear, you know. I'm sure um, the guys who are like the biggest tough guys or whatever, you know, they're nice guys. They're, they're going to, it's not like they're going to show other people respect automatically, but they, they're they nice. They're nice to other people because they know that they can put it over them. Yeah. You know, and um, like, I wouldn't say they show they respect everyone, but they're nice to people. They're nice to people, you know. They're not going to be dickheads because they're nice guys. Mm. But I, I really did. I really do think respect is linked to fear, mm. because you know you're going to have to respect someone if you somewhat fear them, you know. Mm. And I learned that. I learned that in prison too. Not bad. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's about it, bro. All right, man, we'll cut it here, but I'll tell you what, this is fantastic. And uh, I'm gonna have to recover for a couple of days after this workout. And um, we haven't even started yet. We haven't even finished yet. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. No worries, man. Um, yeah, do you wanna plug your socials real quick? Yeah, uh, one out training for my Instagram. Same thing for Twitter. Same thing for TikTok. But I think my YouTube is one out TV or it could be one out training too. Yeah, yeah. And tell you what, just by this training session alone, he's a wonderful trainer, really knows his stuff. Wise, kind, and uh, yeah, give him a crack. Okay, Andrew, thank you very much. Thank Cheers. you, bye. Thanks.